Women, you are the queens of our nation, the mother of our home, the pride of our children, a light always left on. You are refined in your ways, a woman of substance, substantially phased by her everyday conscience. A conscience to live in a way that uplifts not just her home, but the home of her brethren. Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, faith. Bring your ears closer now and your mind will explode and be inspired by the words of Cover Mode. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Cover Mode. This is the fifth batch of episodes that I'll be bringing to you to keep you informed, excited and inspired by the beauty of the modest lifestyle. I'm Rashan Isaacs and in my role as country manager of the Islamic Fashion and Design Council, I aim to create avenues for our South African modest wear designers to grow in both a local and global scale, to celebrate and support the achievements of our designers who are getting it right and leaning on those designers to share with you their experiences, their designs and their knowledge. It's been a busy few weeks in the fashion industry as we've just come out of the SA Fashion Week and heading into the rescheduled African Fashion International Fashion Week this weekend happening right here in the mother city Cape Town. Today we talk about the modest runway and I've invited designers whose modest wear designs have been seen on our local runways and recently also an international runway. Nazifa and Warda Safi of Modish graced the SA Fashion Week runway with their Autumn Winter 2016 collection, a collection that was inspired by their heritage as both South African and Afghanistan background and that was back in 2016. And on the line we have Taslim Bulbulia of Bulbulia Threads who has over 20 years of fashion industry experience and also promoted covered couture on the AFI Fashion Week runway in 2016 as well and um, recently in fact at this she's currently uh, also there recently she showcased at the Asia Islamic Fashion Week in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia and sponsored by the Islamic Fashion and Design Council and who is currently still like I said in Malaysia and we are, are graced with her presence as well on the line. Assalamu alaikum to my guests in the studio, Wada and Nazifa. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And then I'd like to call in Taslim Bulbulia. Assalamu alaikum Taslim. Wa alaikum salam Rashan. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. I'm so glad to hear you. You know, you have no idea what excitement it has been to watch your show um, all the way from South Africa and to see those images, you know, being posted. Uh, I think you would have seen on Facebook, on Instagram, social media was just a flutter of excitement. Um, just seeing uh, a local or our South African designer on an international platform. Mubarak to you for that as well. It looked absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, and then, of course, we have um, Warda and uh, Nazifa in studio. They've also been very busy. They have a, I think, a, 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 a ready-to-wear range as well as a, uh, would we say, couture range? A couture range. And we've seen the couture range mostly on the runway. But um, I believe they're also itching because they've been seeing. <laughs> 
<laughs> All our modest wear designers also, you know, appearing on the runway. How has your, uh, you know, the modest runway, how important is it to be placed in a mainstream runway? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, listeners. Um, as designers, I, well, both Wada and I always felt that um, modesty is a big thing like modesty not even just modesty modest designers are quite huge and alhamdulillah we live in a country we also live in a city where we are blessed with so many talented people around and i mean as the years go by i'm sure we as women we all love fashion we all watch these fashion shows and we all we see all these designers on mainstream fashion and modesty is one thing that we will that it lacked modest designers is one thing that it lacked so we felt and i'm sure many people feel that it's quite it is quite important that modest designers make a way onto the mainstream into mainstream fashion Teslim, um, i the, think from from my side because i've always been a mainstream yes, designer yeah. um, i just felt that you know that there are so many um, options for mainstream, but not very many options for modest wear. Mm. And that's why I decided to, to go in that direction, even though for the past 20 years I've had a very modest clientele, uh, private clientele. Um, and I just thought it was the right time to be seen on uh, Fashion Week, just to be uh, to make it accessible to, to people, you know, mm. so they don't feel like they need to. Most people will shop uh, from the uh, ordinary, uh, ordinary general stores are always looking um, for ways of covering up what they're already buying. And I think what we as modest designers do is offer them uh, a ready-made um, option where you don't have to go look for an inner or a jacket or a cover. Mm. Um, it's already done for you. And I think that's why it's appealing to a lot of people. And do you think that it's only been recently accepted on a mainstream platform? I think so. I mean, um, for me, I would still say that... Um, more than half my clientele is just everyday people. They're not uh, Muslim people. Um, I think that when you reach a certain age, uh, modesty seems to be um, there for most women. I think uh, when you pass a certain age, you kind of become more self-conscious mm-hmm. or aware of what you're wearing. But also that mainstream now doesn't offer much variety. I mean, mm-hmm. everything just follows the same trend, and everybody doesn't fit into those categories. True. And I think they also realize that the category of modest wear is 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 huge. Um, and like you've said, it's not only your Muslim, uh, you know, it's your it's, it's from different faiths, cultures and sometimes mm-hmm. just the person wanting to dress a little bit more conservatively. And also, you know, I think, oh, no, 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 this link can continue. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. sorry, I was just going to say, um, you know, a well-loved brand in uh, Cape Town was hip-hop clothing. Yes, and I, I actually remember, worked, yeah. I, I freelanced for hip-hop years ago. And that's what I actually learned there because their market was just an older, more conservative person. Mm-hmm. And then we would amend the fit, adjust things accordingly. And that wasn't aimed at specifically Muslim women. It was just aimed at women. Um, and I think, you know, when we speak modest, that's why I say I've got clients from every faith. Every walk of life, but they prefer to dress in a certain way, and that's what we often. 
Um, I would have to agree with Aslima um, when she speaks of, uh, you know, females um, reaching a certain age and then they feel that they would like to dress a bit more conservatively. But I mean, through our experience, um, especially having showcased um, at SA Fashion Week, it, it almost felt like it was always there, even amongst the, the youth and even amongst um, young females. But uh, it's almost like they needed that permission to, you know, come out there and be like, you know, we are modest dresses, we um, love modest fashion, um, and we can also be part of mm. what mainstream fashion is about. And um, since that time, I and mean, it's been a rise in the last few months, or say probably the last year yeah. or two, um, where it's, for lack of a better word, trending, like it's mm. people are so proud and. Um, um, so confident to be modest fashionistas, um, which is a, it's a it's such a refreshing thing to see and to be part of. Um, would you would you agree with me then that it's also the appeal to the modest wear consumer who's never had yeah. or been uh, you know had the access to a platform that embraced the modest uh, you know designer? Yeah, and now that mainstream sees the the possibilities yeah. or that how big the main uh, the modest wear dresser or consumer requires this yes it's now become more and more and more you see it everywhere yeah. from Completely. anisa hasibuan on new york fashion week yes. to a london modest yes. fashion week actually being created yes, by exactly. Horti elan yes. that it's now and i mean when i look at statistics from thomson reuters muslims worldwide spend at an estimated 244 billion dollars and and that was in 2015 and that was only on apparel and that accounted for about 13.56 percent of uh, the global muslim yeah. consumer yeah. spending yeah. of 1.8 trillion dollars yeah. <laughs> and you know the Maybe numbers keep going yeah. up and yeah. if you think that this is this is only the muslim consumer yeah. you add on the non-muslim consumer as well and you're looking at 300 trillion dollars yeah. um but with the islamic economy growing in at nearly twice the rate of the global economy Spending by the Muslim population on clothes is expected to grow by 322 billion mm. by 2018. So these are all the <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. you know, but we've been doing everything for the last exactly couple of yeah, generations, exactly. and um, and we recently just off air we spoke about skills within. Mm our, our uh, Muslim you know environments like beading embroidery and we, we really don't want that to be lost because it really came from our elders yes mm. no definitely and that's that's a type of skill um, and talent that you start to find is um, dwindling a bit um, so you try and like you know um, uh, capture it and try and um, use it to its full potential I mean I know for my sister and I um, that is part of our business model and it's always been part of our business model is how can we hone in on those particular skills and uh, you'd be surprised at the amount of um, skills you find in like disadvantaged areas mm -hmm. and they don't get recognized many a times people are using um, well-known um, how can I say fashion houses to run up their work um, where there are people in disadvantaged areas that are so skilled. And they work impeccably. Yeah. In, these, the, their work is absolutely 
flawless. Mm -hmm. And this is coming from like the two of us going through back and forth of <laughs> CMDs all the time um, to finding the ones that we are using now. Alhamdulillah, they are just we we can't compare them to. And I mean, else. these are these are individuals that are self-taught. Yeah that haven't been through fashion school or design school at any point in their lives they were self-taught and i mean the amount of knowledge that they hold is unbelievable mm -hmm. like i mean i believe sometimes i was telling her that people who go to fashion and design school you can learn so much mm -hmm. just from them yeah so much and this comes from experience also yeah. and experience is an education yes in itself yeah. taslim you know when we look at international runways and more the islamic um fashion fashion weeks like the one you've just um uh, graced uh, your your collection on that's the asian islamic fashion week what is the the difference I mean, it's obvious that it's <laughs> Islamic, but you know, having been on a on a, a local mainstream sort of runway to a a modest Islamic runway, um, what has been a, your experience? Well, I mean, um, Islamic fashion is massive in uh, Malaysia, in um, Indonesia especially. I've met so many designers; they've been doing it and they do it so well. Um, and then they've also had a few British designers, British-based designers, um, designers based in Abu Dhabi, in um, Dubai as well, showcasing. Um, and even some uh, Amjad came from uh, Paris yes. as well. So it was mm -hmm. very interesting to see because, um, you know, we all have a different aesthetic, but we're all trying to achieve the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and you also notice that, you know, there are different things that are acceptable in different cultures. Yes. So modesty is so broad. Um, and it's very difficult to pinpoint exactly what it is. Um, so for me, it was a great learning opportunity as well. Um, and it was also a trade event, which was probably the best part of the whole event is the fact that it was a trade event. And so you get to meet buyers um, from different regions. It was the first inaugural event, so the turnout wasn't as, as um, wonderful as they expected mm -hmm. it to be. But I mean, even based on that, I managed to get... Um, a client from the Philippines, believe it or not, because there's such a big growing uh, Muslim community there, but there isn't access to a lot of uh, halal fashion. So, mm -hmm. so it's amazing because when you come to places like this, you know, it's just it's the norm. That's what a fashion show mm -hmm. is. It's modest. <laughs> so when you come from the West, you know, it's very different. They were extremely strict. I mean, everybody has to wear a skull cap, a black in a black stocking. I saw well. that. Yeah. Yes, yes. 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 Yeah. I yeah. noticed your um, turbans over the the full cap. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little bit tricky, um, so I couldn't. I had sandals um, from um, a friend of mine, a designer in South Africa, but he couldn't use them because of the the pantyo. That would not look right. You didn't put them on. <laughs> Oh, well, that's a great experience. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's why with, with 20 years of experience in design, um, in the yeah. design industry, you, you still learn all the time, yeah, right? Learning, yeah. All the time. Okay. All the time. And, um, and yeah. it, you know, because you're in a different climate, in a different culture, in a different everything, it's good to experience that because you kind of understand and you also learn a lot. I mean, I bought um, things just out of curiosity to see how it's made, how does it function, what do you do with it. Um, and it's amazing because, you know, everybody here wears a good side. Um, they mm -hmm. had uh, the prime minister come to, you know, grow the opening. Um, it was quite, you know, a lot of pomp and ceremony and that type of thing. Um, and then I met Diane Palangi, who's such a young designer over here. And, it, it, you know, it was good to see what, what their aesthetic is, what they like, 
they do like a lot of bling. <laughs> a lot of color. Like a lot of color. 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 Yeah. All Asian. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was interesting. And my stuff was quite well received. So that was a positive. And uh, the... When you... you in terms of preparing for this, um, I know it was <laughs> really tight to schedule, and because uh, we'd been in conversation prior to this. But in terms yeah. of preparing for fashion weeks, whether local or international, um, you know what goes into that preparation. I can imagine. I mean, it's a different. It's not your client. You you're doing mm. it for media marketing buyers. It's it's mm. a, a whole. It's a different arena completely. Mm. I think from my side, um, I have to first clear my schedule with my private client to buy any time to extend my collection. So my, my was rushed in a four-day uh, marathon. Sure. Uh, we started on Thursday and we left on Monday, so it was quite easy. Um, but for me, it always starts with uh, fabrication. I think I spoke to you about this before. Mm-hmm. It was a bit tricky because I was I love the for, fabrics um, you used, I must just say. <laughs> thank you. I was preparing for FI in the collections, which was held in Cape and then postponed due to weather, I believe. Um, and then this opportunity came, and I passed that idea and said, no, let me just continue um, with, with what I'm doing, which was the summer collection. So they were hints of both. Um, you know, if you then, make you it know, back before the weekend, you yeah. might just get a slot on Fashion Week. If you, <laughs> if you heard that the whole Fashion Week was rescheduled because of the yes, windy Cape Town. Yeah, yeah. I heard. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, so you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work, and I mean, you just um, we do it for the for the photos, really, so that you create your catalog. Exactly. And then, yeah, <laughs> we get um, you know see which which looks get the most hits, most yeah. interest, and then I kind of commercialize based on what is good and make it in an affordable price bracket for people. Yeah, I and noticed the dress. The full dress has been getting a lot of attention on from my side, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what? With a time difference, I'm not paying much attention. To <laughs> but tell me, what inspired your collection? You know, I I I, I was saying to people here. Yeah, you know, my great grandfather was uh, Javanese, Indonesian. Ah. Uh, my great grandmother Scottish. My grandmother and father, my father's side Indian from Russian mm-hmm. descent. So it's just a whole mishmash. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love Oriental stuff. I love Eastern and I love African. And so you know, it's just an explosion of color and texture. And that's really just. Uh, and it fitted in so well, yeah. so well in that Asian market. It just, it looked like it belonged there. Yeah, completely. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about mishmash, we also have uh, the sisters, Wanda and, and, and Nazifa, who also have a mishmash of a cultural heritage. <laughs> and uh, most of their couture range had been influenced by by your... But you've had how many... You've had the Salat range, which was the one that, that showcased on... Um, which was more denims and yes. your, the Afghan materials, yes, which was yes. more embroidery, yes. embroidery right? Yes, yes, yes. And then you also had that stunning desert... Uh, <laughs> a photo shoot, which I absolutely love, which also had... You could see the, the, the heritage of that signature mm. um, in those designs. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you've come up with a recent one. I hadn't been following after that. No, so we... Um we have been very busy um, for the past um, while, um, and we are looking to do an exclusive once-off piece couture range, um, also including the um, Afghan heritage. So um, we've um, we've 
basically created the Isalat mm-hmm. that we showcased at SA Fashion Week to be the couture range uh-huh. for Modish. Yeah. So it will be the Isalat range by Modish. Mm-hmm. So we will always do things that will showcase our Afghan heritage. And we're working on designs at the moment, um, which would be, um, which will be released um, later on this year, inshallah, because we have um, received more of the Afghan fabrics and terms and things that we will be including on that. I can't wait to see. I'm always, you know, quite fascinated by, you know, the, the inspiration that, that you draw from and uh, the creation that comes out of that. Mm-hmm. And when I see the execution of both Bubulia threads and Mod Ish and um, what you produce at the end of the day, and we were talking about yeah. quality. I mean, to be on a runway, um, I, I it's, you know, you, you you representing your brand mm. yeah mm. and you representing your workmanship yeah. and so many other things but you're also representing a piece of yourself yeah, yeah. um like taslim has mentioned uh, it's it's her hair and you can clearly see that in all of her designs from the previous uh um runway last year as well i could see that that was your signature that that is who you are mm. and when i saw it on the asian fashion week it <laughs> it just, whew, it just, you know, stood out there like the brightest shining stars. Our first episode in the in season five. Um, I have been on a break, yes, and that's what I naturally do after about say thirteen episodes or so with you. But you know, I I so missed all of you, the designers, the consumers, those people who are interested in who that modest fashion, um, or beauty, or what makes a woman beautiful, a woman beautiful. And um, it's not only in her clothes, but it's what she projects from the inside as well. We are talking about the modest runway today, and that is um, with Modish, Nazifa, and Wada Safi. And we also have on the line all the way from Asia, <laughs> but heading home, I think, probably in the next few weeks. I don't know how long she wants to stay there. Taslim Bulbulia <laughs> from Bulbulia Threads. Uh, just looking at a, a report that was published by Salam Gateway, the Global Islamic Economy Gateway, who identified that over 1,000 manufacturers of apparel based in Muslim countries, 146 key modest fashion brands and 85 e-commerce retailers, modest fashion represents a key sub-segment of Muslim spending on clothing underpinned by Islamic religious obligations with requirements for both men and women. But the report also showed that female spending represents a larger market opportunity accounting for two-thirds of a global apparel spending and according to Muhammad Abdullah al-Jarawi sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly um, who is the chairman of the board of Dubai Islamic Economy um, Development Center he said that the annual Muslim consumer spending exceeded $1.8 trillion. And then the Islamic banking assets hover at some $1.3 trillion and are expected to double in just five years from today. I know, billions, trillions, that's not <laughs> the usual language in my vocabulary. So it does sound like I'm playing Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you just another trillion dollars. <laughs> but in, if we if we really really think it is huge, next to halal food, it's halal fashion or Islamic yeah. fashion. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever I come across a lot of uh, industry people or designers or people who don't quite understand the Islamic designs and what that requires with the Islamic Fashion Design Council, I actually had people ask, you know, they have a problem with Islamic fashion and design. 
being called Islamic fashion and design and you know, why should why could not be called modest fashion and design and uh, simply the answer is I don't represent the consumer I represent the designer and when designers approach us we need to have uh, rules and regulations that guide them in terms of what an Islamic consumer um, deems fit as a modest wear garment because we know modest wear a skirt can be to your knee yes. mm. where Islamically sorry it needs yeah. to be all the way to my ankle, ankle. Mm. and the same with covering of the head or how high the collar needs to yeah. be or the sleeves or wearing a sheer garment yeah. that needs to be lined mm. so there, there's a whole of rules and regulations when it comes to Islamic fashion so we stipulate that we are the Islamic Fashion and Design Council and you can never control how a consumer wears a garment never so i you know, so i'm very clear <laughs> on what islamic fashion design council is and what modest fashion is yeah. and th although we we will still promote modest fashion because mm -hmm. a lot of non-islamic fashion which still fits into the modest fashion sort of uh, um, category can still appeal to a muslim consumer but mm -hmm. um taslim mm. How important is it, I think with fashion weeks, it's, you know, people have also become so used to fashion weeks. Sometimes we also don't get all of the bias there because fashion weeks have just become a, um, like, there's a fashion week next week, yeah. fashion week next month, there's a fashion week around the corner, someone's yeah, planning fashion a fashion week. <laughs> exactly. Mm. But the main criteria or the, you know, element that a designer um, aims for when applying to or when going to showcase at a fashion week what do you think that is for a designer what is it that you look for when you need to um, when you feel okay that's the right fashion week for me to showcase that I think you know as you said I've been in this industry for way too long <laughs> South African Fashion Week is AFI or SA Fashion Week is not really um, targeted by SA Fashion Week does have a buyer's lounge, etc. Yes, but South yes. Africans would take very rarely buy South mm -hmm. African products. They They'll don't. take it on consignment. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's not <laughs> ideal so for a designer. <laughs> so the reason I do, I did AFI, I've done SA Fashion many times in my previous, with my previous labels, etc. Um, I did AFI purely to, to bring in the direct consumer. So mm -hmm. it was access to the market itself. Yeah. So there were no buyers. Um, there were some media. I did get coverage. I did get tweeted all over. It was amazing because of all kind of instant. And it did grow my Instagram. And I have mm. gotten many, many clients based on that. But I think in South Africa, unfortunately, we don't have the buying power. The, the, the independent people don't buy independent South African design. And that is the biggest problem. Yeah. Um, so, you know... With the, the Asia Islamic fashion that I came to now, the emphasis was, yes, on the fashion week to draw a crowd, but there were also buyers, um, online store buyers, um, just independent boutiques. So here there are lots of independents who can buy your product. Mm. Um, and I said, that's a lacking in South Africa. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if Rashan, you're interested, that's what I'm always looking at <laughs> ways of, of creating vehicles for yeah. designers because I myself am yeah. not a, a, a trained designer. Mm. I'm a home based, yeah. home trained, home trained, yeah, by my dad. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, so I, I think our yeah. biggest challenge is getting into um, retail. Uh, mm -hmm. The most successful retailer, I think, for independence is uh, Young Designers Emporium, and yeah. that doesn't necessarily appeal to a modest market. 
But like this, this Liam was saying, she was so right. Like, I mean, when we did the SF Fashion Week, we attended the Buyer's Lounge as well. And we were so, so excited because, I mean, she's been in the industry for 20 years. Mm. We've only been in the industry for three years. And we've only really appealed to basically the Muslim community. And we wanted to broaden that. So we were rather excited. Mm. And, I mean they posted a list of over 140 buyers that were going to attend but like Taslima said it's it's poor because they come there and they want to take things on consignment mm. and as a young designer of only been in the industry for three years that's not really what we can afford right now and i mean is a fashion week it's it's an, they're an amazing company we love everyone who works there but the whole um aim and their whole model for all designers is to basically to commercialize and also, which is not a bad thing in s- to some sort, but I mean, 20 buyers can't be taking your things on consignment. No. Yeah. It's, it's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, if no. you're going to come to me and you're going to tell me I love A, B, and C, no problem, you can buy A, B, and C, but they don't want to. Mm-hmm. None of them want to. They want to take A, B, yeah. and C on consignment. And unfortunately, we can't afford to do that. And that's why we've turned personally a lot of people down because we can't give out 200 comments mm-hmm. on yeah. consignment. Yeah. And, and big I companies mean, do that. They big companies. Which is so surprising I mean, to us. When you ask how payment's going to work in this <coughs> technical, it's usually not on your terms. Yeah. Mm. It's on their terms. So mm. we've turned a lot of people down. And a lot of people ask us, oh, so why don't you supply? That's the same reason why we don't yeah. supply. Mm. Because uh, yeah. many of our consumers don't know, you know, the, the, the nitty gritty yeah. of what yeah. goes behind the scenes yeah. and getting into retail or even boutiques. Yeah. Um, the other yeah. model as well is buying a rail. And that is what you mentioned with um, YDE. Mm. Yeah. yeah. They they do the whole the, yes. the rail concept. Yeah. Does that work for designers? Uh, um, <sighs> I don't know. It depends on, on which I, store it is. I also was in YDE for five years, so yeah. I can say yes, it does work for designers. Mm. Um, I also used to be in a space store, so I have had those kinds of similar So I think it depends on your designs yes. and yeah. whether it fits that market. Yes. So it's really about and the good match. Yeah. Yeah. A good ma- it needs to be a good match yes. and the price range, yeah. yes. Mm. Because then at least you mm. know that it's your space. Yeah. You are the actual... Um, But then I guess you get the marketing and everything that comes with it as well as the sale. Yes. Because then those people will push for the sales of that specific um, line. Yes. I I, I think for independents like ourselves at the moment, because um, modest fashion is also relatively new, I think Mm -hmm. the way to market it or sell it is really with all these little trade shows. For them, little trade shows. From like the Eat Fair yeah, or an Eat yeah, Festival yes. or a pop up yeah. here or a pop up there. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about the new way of thinking, <laughs> and I I would you know from an IFDC perspective, it's more about educating, and I think that's the lack yeah. that of education that comes from the retailers and boutiques. Yeah. They don't quite understand the market, so I think it really really boils down to educating media and marketers or retailers first, so that they mm. know. They, I don't even think they have these numbers. They don't yeah. know that it exists, and no one does research in terms of the modest rate customer, even though they see it. Um, they they don't quite, you know, understand who that consumer is but, because but we've been shopping at said, ten different shops. Having said that, having said that, Rashan, Woolworths is very aware of its No, they are, yes, aware but they won out of how many, many you know? And yeah. I've always. Yeah. They've always had a conservative uh, um, collections yes. within their stores as well, mm. Um, mm. and then you look at you know the rest. Yeah. Uh, I mean that that's just one store, and yeah. 
if I look overseas as well, Debenhams have um, uh, the the mm. Arb collection, yeah. Yeah. and so you see these all slowly coming into the mark into the marketplace, and um, they are they are getting used to the fact that, or not even used to, aware of uh, what the modest wear consumer needs are mm. um, just looking at you know things that happen globally I mentioned Anissa Hasibuan on the New York Fashion Week um, the London Martin Fashion Week which was hosted by Horty Elan the Turkey's uh, first international Islamic um, uh, Fashion Week mm. which was held by uh, Modernisa in uh, collaboration with the Islamic Fashion Design Council mm. and then Africa Fashion Week Nigeria who um, had a co-identity and Mama Bishara, I think last year on their platform as well, which was a modest wear brand. And then we look at people, influencers. There are so many, so many. modest fashion influencers, yeah. and it's not about being out there and being a model or anything like yeah. that. I mean, okay, yes, we have Halima Aiden who wore her hijab at yeah. um, Miss Minnesota uh, as a Miss Minnesota contestant and then was casted at, as a model for a well-known American brand yeah. and also walked the ramp for this brand as well. There, there's so many examples of what's happening globally and these influences are really pushing the uh, modest way um, I, as a collective, mm. as a you know, from all across the globe, and I'm not, I've just got statistics on Tokyo now as well in China. Yeah. Yeah. It's not you know cornered or or fragmented to just one area. It is a global thing, appeal. Yeah. And if you look at ministers, royals, these are all people who rec who need to represent themselves in a conservative fashion. But like this Lima mm -hmm. said earlier on also, modesty was always there. It was just never accessible mm. to us. Mm. So I also think that social media has played a huge role in blowing this up. Yeah. Um, I mean, you get out. I mean, everyone knows Tina Tokyo. Um, she's, I think now she's becoming like, she's doing a lot of collaborations with other companies, but she's played a huge role in being very influential and I mean me and my sister love obviously we always mm. loved her but there's a lot of other I mean also H&M um, when they ran the ad and they mm -hmm. featured uh, a Muslim girl in one of the ads that blew up as well so now Nike is apparently launching a sports cap for athletes yeah. that are Muslim mm. so they have a shoe now as well that we you have to design it um, and one of the designers is a Muslim designer <laughs> But I must just tell you that they did have a little bit of um, flack from the Middle East in terms of the promotion. Yeah. Because mm. I think the promotion said something like, kiss my ears. But uh. if, you, if you say it really fast, it's not yeah. appropriate yeah. for um, a Muslim country yeah. to be saying, kiss my, you know what. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I mean, and this this design I think is from Morocco or some from one of the Muslim countries as well, and um, and and he's been getting widespread, you know. Shame. Yes, yes, we want that one. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, mainstream or brands DKNY. Uh, there, there's so many Dolce and Gabbana. So there's there's so many that have come on board. Mm. But I've always said, you know, they also need to collaborate with people who are yes. currently doing it. Indonesia yes. has had about like uh, their fashion week has been going on for years and yes. they've received about hundreds of thousands of people that attend their fashion yes. week because it's that big and it's on an international scale yeah. but it doesn't get as much exposure as your New York or your um, Paris fashion weeks but we do need to close off I do need some last words from you uh, Taslim 
Uh, how long are you going to be in Asia? Is this trade festival <laughs> happening? Or are you just um, enjoying the yourself now? ended yesterday. <laughs> okay. So today was just my rest day, and tomorrow I'm going to Dubai, to Dubai by, uh, I mean, on my way back home. Uh, and I stop over for a couple of days to see if there's any uh, business potential there for me. Um, yeah, so I think, um, watch this space. I think that uh, modest fashion is going to blow up. Um, it, it already has, but I think yeah. there's just so much more that's going to happen. Okay. It needs to and trickle I think back here to South Africa. We yeah. as modern designers need to get together and assist each other. Yes, and definitely. You know, that's definitely. how we're going to make yeah. we're going to make waves in the industry definitely. in South Africa. Inshallah, I'm into I mean. that. I'm into that. Um, and uh, you know, may Allah, Inshallah, just you know, open up that. Uh, all those propositions that's going to come um, forward, <laughs> inshallah, um, and uh, make a success of your business too, inshallah. Um, and um, uh, to our guests in the studio, do you have any? You have like a, a minute, I think. <laughs> um, I think w- just um, to second what Taslim said is that watch the space. Mm-hmm. Um, we modish, I mean modish, um, modesty um, has been featured on the Danway. Modesty has been featured on the shoulder with the shoulders, meet up shoulders with mainstream fashion. And um, we're here to stay and we're coming with the biggest force ever. Yeah, yeah. we are. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and let's work together. So inshallah, that is it for today's program of Cover Mode. I'm your host, Rashan Isaacs. Till next week, Monday, 10 past one, do join me again as we invite Shanaz Musa back into the studio to talk about your inner self. Assalamu alaikum.